Hello, everybody, and welcome to the You Thought Sports Podcast. I'm here with the usual cohort of Bart, Jared, Wyatt, and Lucas. Um, we've got a, a bunch to go over tonight from baseball, um, trade deadline news, to some some college football, um, some, some NFL, and even some NBA at the end. We're covering everything. But first, per usual, we're going to start out by covering absolutely everything that we missed over the past week. Um, every single thing. Um, to, to start out, we have a, a budding A-Rod and Joey Gallo rivalry going on. Um, A-Rod um, was declaring that Joey Gallo was a bad fit for the Yankees a couple weeks ago and questioned whether they could even play Gallo on the field. Um, and then when Joey Gallo was traded to the Yankees last week, <clears throat> he decided to, or he's wearing number 13, A-Rod's number 13, um, the first Yankee player to do so since his retirement. Um, so some some bad blood <laughs> brewing there. Um, we also have Gallo had to shave his. He had a pretty good beard going. Um, had to, had to get rid of that. Um, no one is exempt to the Yankees' policies. Um, and yeah, I think the the most dramatic before and after though of a Yankee player with like having to shave was Johnny Damon going. From, yeah, like, that's what I was thinking. Real, of real shaggy um, to to nothing. That was that was like a whoa. Can we, um, can we agree that that policy is ridiculous? Yes, I it's, agree. It's, <laughs> it's maybe one of the worst things in sports. It's the key to their greatness. Um, <laughs> so I think yeah, no, it is definitely... I don't know how it's still in place, um, but anyway. Because um, they pay you a bunch yeah. of money to play there. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I'd cut my I would rather money, retire. I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Because, <laughs> yeah. Um, what if but, you have like, a beard for religious reasons? Would they make you shave it? That's a good question. That's a good question. Mm. Who wears a beard we're, for we're religious reasons? Uh, they're like, <clears throat> I think they're like lots of like religious, like the Amish people, like, yeah. Amish people, mm. certain branches. Okay, of but Islam and but what's stronger, yeah, like your religion, your faith, or your pride to the Yankees? <laughs> you know? I mean, like baseball is a religion. You, you make exactly. a good point, Wyatt. That's that's a compelling yes. argument. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, move, moving on to some NFL news, um, we have. Aaron Rodgers signed last week for at least for one year. Um, I've got a bunch of last dance comparisons coming out because obviously Aaron Rodgers <laughs> equals Michael Jordan. Um, when you look at their like championship stats and MVPs <clears throat> and such, it's they're basically can't tell which one is which. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Rodgers, or, right? Or considering Michael Aaron Rodgers yeah. has played in one, yeah. exactly. Not, not five. He's a hundred percent though. We're, we're talking about so the first MJ. like six years of MJ's career. Why not the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Considering the the stats would have two different sets of column names. (laughs) (laughs) Irrelevant. Anyway, going on to some Olympics news, Um, we have our favorite Novak Djokovic um, losing two straight matches in the Olympics. He did not get the golden. What was it? The golden, the slam. golden slam. Ah, sigh. We're gonna have to wait another three years, only three years, to see that. Um, but uh, culminating in a his uh, br- mm. the bronze medal match that he lost, um, he destroyed two rackets in, um, which for even for Novak is is pretty high. Um, and <laughs> then he also withdrew from. He was in the doubles tournament too, and he withdrew, leaving his teammate to forfeit. Um, so so yeah. Um, okay. I feel fun, like it's gonna stuff. be disappointing. Like, even if he does win the Grand Slam this year, even though it's very impressive, like, you didn't get the Golden Slam, so it just feels Exactly. What's it, what's it worth? Is it? Yeah. I, I don't agree with that. I think it'll be pretty impressive. I, I am not impressed, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody's done it since, like, 1988. And I think the last man that did it was, like, in the 60s or something. That's a long time. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> Shrug. That's yeah. like saying the Triple Crown winner not winning the World Series is disappointing. Yes, oh, I thought you like, were talking about it... horse racing initially. I was like... <laughs> okay, well, no, no, I, in MLB. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> who, who was the last person in the Triple Crown? Do we know? Miguel oh, Cabrera, I believe. Yeah. Oh, he did. I don't think anybody has done it since him. Yeah, yeah. Has Mike Trout ever done it? See, I don't think he has, no. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. we, would know, we would hear all about yeah, that all the I time. Think. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, 2012. <laughs> no. Uh, gotcha. Game Miggy, shout out. Um, oh, first but, time since Carly Ostromsky in 1967. Morrissey, Andy, yeah. Paul, there you go. Uh, alum. Hey. Shout out. 
Well, you guys are just like he was like good. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, but to continue with some further Olympics updates, we had Caleb Dressel won five golds. Pretty impressive Olympics from him. Simone Biles returned for the beam um, and won bronze. Had a great routine. Um, U.S. women's soccer lost uh, to Canada, I believe, oh in the gosh. semis. Um, I don't know when the bronze medal game is, but yeah, not a not a great showing um, for them. And the USA men's basketball team is still alive, um, at least as of this recording. Um, they beat Spain earlier in the week. They take on Australia next, I believe. Um, so, so we will see. Uh, but anyway, true underdogs, you know, um, bouncing back from <laughs> Cinderella. Yeah, is somebody is Zion somebody going to say nobody believed in us and the when they win the gold medal? Without nobody, a doubt. They all counted us out. <laughs> um, and finally, we got a flurry of NBA signings and trades. We'll kind of go into that more later in the show, but CP3 re-signed for four years. Kyle Lowry to the Heat, Lonzo to the Bulls, Kemba to the Knicks. Lots of stuff going on there. Um, and in the most important news of the week, um, we have uh, Tobias Mayweather, a uh, four-star wide receiver recruit, correct? From from the Coup, yes. from Wyatt and Jared's hometown, signed with Notre Dame. Um, so we are, we are all very excited about it, and we look forward to Tobias's upcoming appearance on our show. Um, <laughs> And yeah, moving, nice. yeah. <laughs> it's beginning yeah, to exist. Exactly yeah, exactly. we gotta start lobbying. Sorry, send a text. Sorry, exactly. Send the calendar invite. To his, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to no NBA other contacts. Um, but yeah, so that is <laughs> all of the news we missed. Please tweet at us um, if there's something that you found that um, we didn't cover in that, um, but it's unlikely. Um, and our first segment today is gonna be on trade deadline madness. It was. Probably the, the busiest MLB trade deadline um, in recent memory. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna cast or trash some of the moves, say whether we think they were good um, or bad. So starting out, um, Lucas and Bart, we've got the Yankees will make the playoffs after getting Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo. Lucas, as much as it pains me to say this, I am gonna trash this one. Yeah, and I'm gonna give a few reasons why. And I know for longtime fans of the pot, I'm a Yankees fan. To put that in context. So first, I think it made the Yankees undoubtedly better. They were lacking left-handed bats. Their outfield outside of Judge was not particularly good. But I just don't necessarily trust their rotation depth enough at this point. Kluber's been out. Severino's been out for a while. And they both missed a lot of time. And guys like Jordan Montgomery and Jamison Talon have been Talon have been fine, but like not great. Um, and I just think the pitching's going to hold them back. Like, their problem wasn't necessarily just purely offensive, and I don't think they did enough to strengthen their pitching at the deadline to make a big playoff push. And they're also far behind both the Rays and the Red Sox. It's not impossible for them to make up six or seven games. Both those teams are playing really great baseball right now, and I don't think it's likely that they go and catch them at this point. Bart? Interesting. I also started my, my notes off with, I hate to say it, but oh, I followed no. it up with, oh, no. I thought that they would. I, I wanted to cash this one. Granted, oh. uh, Lucas is probably more of an expert than I am. But my interpretation actually was that their pitching is fine. Despite these injuries, they're still like top, they're 11th in team ERA right now. So maybe that'll fall. But like these two guys are excellent hitters from what I can tell. As you said, they needed left-handed batters. Uh, and offense, the run scored is like 24th in the league right now. So they definitely needed more help that side than pitching, I thought. So I felt like these were great signings. Gallo especially. Rizzo might be a little bit past his prime with his uh, golden days yeah. of the Cubs. But, uh, yeah, I, I was going to cash it. I will cash yeah. it. Booking I think it, it definitely <laughs> makes them better, but I just don't think it makes them better. Enough. Like, they fixed a lot of the offensive mm-hmm. issues, but I just don't think – like. 11th for me is very like borderline in terms of being like a good playoff team, and I don't know if they fix the offense enough to really balance it out. I mean, it's just two guys, but yeah, I'm an optimist. What can I say? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they definitely do have some ground to make up, though. That is for sure. So we will see. Um, continuing on, we got the Dodgers' accumulation of talent as they brought in Max Scherzer and Trey Turner is unfair slash should have been blocked by the league. Jared, uh, I'm trashing it. Is it unfair? No. Uh, is it annoying? Yes, I would have cashed that. But uh, here's the first question. Can the MLB even block a trade? The answer is yes. It has happened before as well. 
1976 trade deadline, the Oakland A's tried to sell sell uh, Joe Rudy and Rolly Fingers to the Red Sox for, for literally just for cash. <laughs> Like a that's million dollars. <laughs> no, those are those are names. <laughs> and they also tried to give a player to the Yankees for one one and a half million, because uh, they wanted to gain something before those par- those players walked. Classic. Uh, but three yeah. days later, three days after that trade, the MLB commissioner vetoed or voided the transactions. Apparently, the MLB commissioner and the A's owner had like an ongoing feud, so that like fueled part of it. But um, it also happened again the next year. <laughs> it got vetoed. Another trade from the A's got uh, voided or vetoed. Oof. And then in 2003, the MLB's Players Association actually blocked A-Rod from going to the Red Sox because he was going to take a substantial pay cut to join. And for I not I didn't find out really the reason why, but the MLPA, MLBPA said no, you can't take that pay cut. So he never he didn't join the Red Sox, which would have been a freaking Whoa. crazy. Yeah, I can't imagine him in a Red Sox mm-hmm. uniform. But uh, this inter- interesting. In terms of like the Dodgers scenario, like the effect of the trade. Trey Turner obviously is in COVID protocol, but at the time of the trade, he was sixth in the MLB in WAR according to Fangraphs. Uh, Scherzer was like, I think top ten or something like that in pitching. His his first start for the Dodgers is today against the Astros too, so they're gonna get a lot of and it's at Dodger Stadium, so there's gonna be a lot of booze. Uh, I'm gonna watch that game after this for sure. But at the end of the day, I don't like the idea of like the MLB or commissioner unilaterally stopping a trade. Uh, like, the Nationals weren't forced to do that trade. They just went with who made them the best offer. It happened to be this team that already has a freaking embarrassment of riches. But, yeah, it's a trash. Long-winded answer. Wyatt, what do you say? I think you gave a long-winded answer because you assume that I have nothing to say, Jared. I know it's a baseball topic. <laughs> and putting me on these was basically, you know, just crossing a blank space in here. But uh, I will say this. I looked up Rolly Fingers just a second ago. Yeah, uh, Roland Glenn Fingers. He's still alive, so I laughed at your name, bud. If you're listening, oh I'm really God. sorry. Uh, happy, Brutal almost seventy fourth no. birthday, August twenty fifth, guys. Okay, his seventy fifth. Oh, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, Raleigh. He is yeah, a Hall of Famer. Yeah, also, yeah, people yeah. to search for under him is Vita Blue and Catfish Hunter. Both both yeah. baseball players. It's like underneath. So great names. Hell of an era. All those fingers. Yeah. Great mustache. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Mustache. I hope <laughs> all he's those still 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as far as the question goes with the Dodgers, I do agree with Jared. I'm gonna trash it. I don't think the league can set a precedent of blocking moves. I think it would create problems down the road, especially in like this social media era where now we all have more open opinions about things, and you know we can't leave uh, Manfred to decide whether or not a deal should go through because how could he block a deal to the Dodgers when he, you know, slapped the wrist of the um, Houston for cheating? You know, it it would be too inconsistent as far as decision-making goes. And, you know, whether it's fair or not, some teams are just going to have a better chance of acquiring players. That's just the way it goes. And I also might add that the nature of baseball makes it so that there hasn't been a repeat champion in, like, since 2000, I believe, when the Yankees did it, there has not been a repeat champion since then. So just the nature of baseball, it, there's a lot more parity in terms of like a four-game series. 538 did a study where like money does buy regular season success, but nothing can really buy playoff success just because baseball can get so random in a four-game, yeah. in a seven-game series. So, yeah. Yep. yeah. yeah. Moving on, we've got the Cubs were correct to hold a fire sale. Lucas, cash or trash? I was initially hesitant on this one, but after reading, doing some research, I'm going to cash it, which is maybe shocking <coughs> considering if you look at the record as of this moment, they're 51 and 57, which is not horrific. But I think it's pretty clear that you have to get value when you can from players, and the team has been on a pretty clear downward trajectory mm-hmm. since the 2016 World Series win. The Cubs, from everything I've read, <coughs> tried really hard to resign Rizzo, Bryant, Baez to long term deals had really long negotiations, and they just couldn't get it done with any of those guys. And if you're not going to be able to re-sign them and make the team work, and even though the, the, like, the bottom hasn't fallen out of the team, it's just been like slow regression from like World Series to NLCS, to, like all just like sort of taking their way down over the past couple of years. And when you look at that, when you look at you're not going to re-sign the guys that helped you in the World Series, I think... While it hurts to trade away the core of a team that won your first World Series in 108 years, it's probably the better baseball move. Um, the product's getting kind of stale. It's better to get young guys to try to revitalize it. 
than like splash huge money on bloated contracts for guys that are already moving past their prime. So even though they're only like slightly fly- under 500, the record's not that bad. I understand the move, and I'm gonna cash the the right one. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, Lucas. Um, I think the Cubs correctly identified that their their time was over, or at least their like core's time was over. Um, all of them are like at or approaching 30. Um, they're at the point where they're like like Baez, Bryant, and Rizzo would all be like still very expensive, mm-hmm. even though I think they're pretty clearly past their prime. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Baez the least, but honestly, they they have all seen better days. Um, so. It, Though it must have been like a pretty rough week for Cubs fans, um, mm-hmm. especially like because the Cubs they have been competitive the past few years. It's not like they've been. This is the first year that, or I think during the um, like two years ago they weren't great, but last year they won the Central and um, they had, they were pretty good through like the first um, like sixty or so games of the season. Then they just kind of collapsed, and it just felt like a sign that this this is over. It's time to jump ship. They should get something for these players. Um, and like before they traded you Darvish like last off season, the Cubs had like a bottom five farm system and now they're expected <laughs> to be ranked in the top 10 for like their, their current farm system just because of all oh, the wow. deals that they've made. Wow. So that feels worth it. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well done. But, yeah. Go I know. Go Cubs. Uh, but next up, <laughs> uh, we got the Red Sox. The Red Sox did enough to take first from the Rays. Cash or trash, Jared? Yeah, I am cashing this, actually. Heading into the All-Star break, they were they were one and a half games ahead, actually. It looks bad now because they just got swept by the Rays, but in reality, that was their longest losing stretch of the season. They got an injured but really good, I mean streaky, bat in Kyle Schwarber. He hit like 16 home runs in 21 games in one stretch, which is ridiculous. Chris Sale is also expected to return this month after not playing like the entire season. I'm sure the Red Sox factored that into their deadline moves. And a lot of people were like, look at how active the Yankees were and all that. But I don't think the Red Sox needed to be as active as the Yankees, so they don't really need that criticism or that criticism isn't warranted. So I'm cashing it. I think they'll get better down the stretch for sure. Bart? I'm going to be contrarian today. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to trash it. Come on. Um, okay, so okay. first of all, one thing, Jared. The yes. standards are a little bit different because the Yankees are trying to make a playoff push, whereas the Red Sox are already in, and they're closer to the Rays than the Yankees are to the playoffs, right? So okay. it's a little different. But uh, I was going to say this. Um, I think one weird thing is that the Red Sox needed a first baseman, apparently. This season they've been struggling at first base a lot, and apparently they're thinking about playing Kyle Schwarber there, which is weird because he's a left fielder. And he's injured, so who knows how that'll work out. <laughs> you can there play are... anybody at first base nowadays. Yeah, exactly. Well, then why, why have they been so bad there? <laughs> they're, yeah. they're, like, they're like near the top of the league in errors there or something like that, I read. Oh, um, <laughs> also, the Chris Sale thing, like he's coming off Tommy John surgery, so who really knows how good he'll be? Their rotation has been pretty like mediocre this year. The Rays has been better. They got a couple of guys I saw, Hansel Robles and Austin Davis, to strengthen the rotation. Mm-hmm. Will that make any impact? Tell me. No. I don't know. Exactly. They came from like the Twins and Pirates. So, so. <laughs> and then the Rays got Nelson Cruz, right? Which is like more significant than anything that the Red Sox did, I would say. No, uh, no. Nelson Cruz has not really played at all this year, am I right? He, he doesn't have that many at-bats last time I checked. Jared, Wait, it's Bart's he's... turn to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to make for an entertaining show, Wyatt. No, 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 no. Um, okay, maybe that's true, but in, in his at-bats, he has been quite solid, apparently. He's got an elite OPS, and his batting average is pretty good at 281, so... Yeah. I what? Know. I mean, if he's injured... I'm seeing 184 right now. I'm seeing 281. <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing 184, 100%. Yeah, he has had 38 at-bats, at-bats this year. He's I at see 334. For 2021? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? I don't know. I just send the link. Jared, <laughs> I want to see your source. Oh, you're looking at his. Tampa oh, Bay I'm just stats. looking at just his yeah, Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah. Jared, are you, what are, it is. are you gaslighting me right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's 184 at Tampa Bay. That's not good. Okay, that is, that is not good. <laughs> small sample. Right. That's a small strong counterpoint. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I maintain. I think the fact that they got swept by the Rays just now is like not just like a one-off. They've been like really bad for the past month or so, apparently. So. I actually feel like they should have done more. I'm going to trash it. Final answer. Nelson Cruz is ageless also. <clears throat> Dude's 41, still putting up big numbers. Awesome. Anyway, to, to close, I'm going to ask myself, acquiring Javi Baez was a good move for the Mets. 
Um, I am, yeah, regrettably <laughs> trashing this. Um, I've, oh. I've never understood the hype around Hoppy Bias. I don't get it. He oh. has, like, the number 12 best-selling jersey, like, coming into this year. He's flashy. He can be fun to watch. But, like, I am not at all convinced he's someone we should be spending money on. He's, like, in a year for a record number of strikeouts. I'm pretty sure he currently leads the majors in strikeouts. He's third in <laughs> nice. errors with 18. He's hitting 240. He never walks. Um, like it's better than Nelson Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> Very small in the last three games, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and, like, you know, he, he's got good range for a shortstop, like, as a, as a fielder. Even if he makes errors, he's got good range. But we already have a shortstop that we're paying $341 million. Um, So I... It's not really a position of need for the Mets. Um, he has 23 homers, so he's got some pop. Um, but City Field is known as a pitcher's park, so I wouldn't be surprised if those go down. Um, so, yeah, the, and that coupled with the fact that they gave up one of their best prospects for it, I, I'm trashing it. I think they were like desperate to like make something happen, given how <clears throat> everyone else was doing things, and I think it's a reach. Wyatt, your uh, thoughts? I'm being contrarian today. <laughs> I'm going to go with cash uh, because my, my notes read who question mark. And then I did a little bit of research and after the year, it sounds like he wants to go back to the Cubs. Uh, he was saying that like he wants, he would be open to re-signing with them. And it made me think of a guy, Kawhi Leonard, who won a championship okay. with the Toronto, who was a one year <laughs> rental. Uh, the Toronto Raptors took a chance. They got a one year rental and they won a championship. And I think that maybe the Mets are willing to take a chance on a one year rental. And to your point, Aiden, about the, the double shortstops, a lot of the NBA is going small ball with a lot of big wing rotation. How about in the MLB, we just go with a heavy shortstop rotation? And we throw, uh, <laughs> they are the best shortstops. We throw out a, a handful yeah, yeah. of short, shortstops. We put them one at second, one at shortstop, of course, and we let them roll, and we see what happens because this is the new age of baseball where it's 2021. Mets <laughs> are innovators. Anything and goes, yeah. And I'm <laughs> cashing all the way. By the way, before we move on from baseball, I know, Bart, you saying the Red Sox need a first baseman. I just want to say, I played Are first you? base in Little League. <laughs> of course. Oh, okay, I am for okay. and I even made, and I made one all-star team. Granted, Ooh. it was at, at center field, but... How many has Kyle I mean, Schwarber made? I don't, I don't know. How many Little League all-star teams did he make? Yeah. <laughs> in Fort Vancouver, by the way. <laughs> How many Fort Vancouver Little League all-star teams did he make? I bet you. I, got, I like bet you. I got him beat. I bet you. I got him beat. Why? Who are you gonna? Who are you gonna fight when you're on the Red Sox? Is the real question. Honestly, Everyone. whoever they need me to, I'll fight the Rays. I'll fight the whole race. I'll just jump into the dugout at some point. And I'll, I'll Nelson Cruz is yeah. Doesn't know what's coming. Oh, just somebody hire me, man. Please. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, that, that about does it for our, our trade deadline, cashing and trashing. We're now going to move on to some college football. Um, we've got mm-hmm. Dabo. Dabo likes to talk. Um, he recently criticized the um, uh, college football's playoff expansion or the pending playoff expansion, citing concerns about player health and opt-outs and the general consequences of extra games, um, just generally being a fun killer. Um, but no, okay. <laughs> sorry. Jared, it's Aiden's turn to. Yeah, it's, I know. I totally interrupted. Turn to <laughs> yeah, raise your hand. Yeah. <laughs> Mute him. Uh, but uh, Lucas, is Dabo's concern warranted? Are there going to be unintended consequences to the expansion? Well, I was going to say, speaking of, a good transition would have been speaking of people I want to fight. Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> oh my goodness! Top of the list. Because for the most part. No, I don't agree with him. There are small bits I do agree with him, and I'll get to there. But I'll start with my disagreements, because, you know, it's flash people you start with. So I think Davo is unquestionably an old-school guy, and when there, while there are certain aspects of old-school college football, I think you're better at not being such a corporate entity back in the days before massive TV contracts. I think that now that we're in, the, in this new era of college football, you have to recognize and do what is best for your players, and not just what fulfills some, go- some notion of what was good in 1980 or 1985 his stance on getting on players getting paid is an example of this while uh he gets paid 8.3 million dollars a year (laughs) the kids that are putting their bodies on the line to execute what he tells them to do he doesn't want the uh, they get nothing for it and he doesn't want them to get anything for it there's gonna be money in college football if you go to the ones that are producing the value in the sport the players and it's denial of this fact shows that his attitudes in general in college football are a little bit behind the times at best, and at worst, 
shows a disregard for the the needs of his players. And all while he couches it in these like sort of folksy quotes, like for me, <laughs> quote, folksy. for me, the conversation needs to shift not from what this coach thinks and what this coach and what that coach thinks. It's what's best for the player. But for me, adding games is not what's best for the player. So like he says he's for the player, but his actions show over and over again. It's not. At the end of the day, I think <laughs> Dabo is just doing what is best for him. I think this attitude shows itself in multiple ways in his opinions on expansion. I absolutely think there's not going to be a rash of opt-outs if the playoffs is expanded to 12 teams. Guys currently don't opt out of the playoffs already. If they're in the playoffs, they're not going to opt out. The opt-outs are in bowl games, which are, in many cases, meaningless. And so if we give teams more games to care about, they're not going to opt out. We should be adding more playoff games, not taking them away. And the people at this point who opt out that pool of players is so small. It's guys who are potential draft picks in the NFL. And the NCAA estimates that 3.8% of all players from college football go into the NFL, which is a minuscule number. And usually it's not even all the guys who are going into the NFL that opt out. It's just like the guys who are going to be guaranteed top picks. And I think a lot of those would still play because they're not going to be high draft picks. They have something to prove and because they're just competitive people generally. So is there going to be a sudden rush of guys to opt out? No. The one concern I do think is valid, though, is player health. I think the 10-game regular season last year functioned really well. It's a nice round number. I think we'll work well going into the future, and this way the elite teams are still only playing max 14, 15 games a season. But you also have that more opportunity for teams to make the playoff and compete for a championship. But I think this isn't the reason why Dabo truly exposes playoff expansion. The current system has been super, super kind to Dabo, and, he thinks, and I think he wants to see it kept in place. Um, if the playoff is expanded, um, he has less of an advantage that he can flaunt to recruits that, you know, we made the playoff every year. Because if 12 teams can make the playoff every year, it becomes less of a comparative advantage. So again, I think it's him just, you know, not really backing up his concern for the players and just going for something that he wants and is better for him and his career. So while I do think there are small valid arguments about player health, I think that those tweaks can be made in other ways that keep the more level playing field of an expanded playoff, but uh, don't necessarily add more games to the season. Uh, okay, so some of that is right, for sure. Like, you're, you're definitely right that, like, it's a little disingenuous to say... Like, he cares about what's best for the players, but he doesn't want them to get paid, for example. But to be fair, and I'm sure Dabo, yeah, he definitely does oppose the expansion. Like, that was his own opinion. But he also asked his players, and the players don't want to play more games. And I think you are going to see players opting out. We saw Chase, uh, was it Chase Young? Uh, I'm doubting myself yet right now. Either Chase Young or one of the Bosa brothers opting out of an entire season, right? We saw, obviously, Jamar Chase last year opting out of an entire season, which before the season, LSU was considered potentially a title favorite, right? And I think that the... They were not ever considered. Yes, they, yes, they were. They were ranked, not, like, not they were ranked number six. They were ranked number six going into the year. They were, I don't think any... I don't, come okay, on. Go ahead. Sorry, I'll on. let you continue. Anyway, sure, players want to win a championship in college, but I don't think like college football's basically strategy of becoming the NFL light is going to be replicable... Replicable? Repl- replicable because uh, NCAA football is not the pinnacle of football. Like, sure, you can make money now, but real where the real money is made is in the NFL. And I don't think if, like, some random four-team or four-loss ACC team makes it into the playoffs and they're, like, and they're the 12th seed, that that best player on that team is not going to be tempted to opt out. I think, the, and they're playing Bama or whatever, I think there's a good chance he's going to opt out. Because you don't, you don't want to get injured and have, like, a Jalen Smith situation where you drop like 15 spots or whatever he dropped and all of a sudden you're losing out on a bunch of money like players we've seen that players care about the money and they like they want to get drafted and they want to make sure you know all their family and friends are taken care of but the the college football could risk I think becoming like a minor league title where like you know guys don't really care about minor league titles they don't care about a G league title right I think there there is a good chance that some people I don't think people on Bama are going to be opting out but I do think people on like the 12th seed I think there's a chance they opt out, 100%. Go ahead, Lucas. I'm going to let you go. Because <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't think that's necessarily true at all. I mean, think of the guys that you just named that opted out of the entire season. Okay. It was, it, they were both top 10 draft picks in the NFL. That, but that's who like we the, care about. We don't care about the yeah. 52nd pick opting out. No, but I mean, like, think that's so few players actually opting out. There's so few people who have the opportunity to 
opt out an entire year. There's so few guys who whose resumes are so good going into season that they can choose mm-hmm. to opt out. I get such a limited pool again of people you're drawing from. Like there's not a rash of guys opting out in meaningful games at this point in the year or at this point. And if you do have guys who opt out for long periods of time, I think you more likely see what happened uh, with Jamar Chase where he opts out for an entire season. You're not going to have a guy who, you know, plays the whole season and then gets to the playoff and then is like, "You know what? None of this was actually mm-hmm. worth it." I think that if you choose to opt into a season and you play meaningful games, you're going to see through playing out these meaningful games. And I think we see that. The only guys who opt out still at this point are people who, one, opt out for the whole season, or two, opt out in meaningless bowl games. Plus, to talk about Jalen Smith, I think the, when, it tom- when it comes to opt-outs of players, like Trevor Lawrence isn't opting out because he's the number one overall pick. Neither is Joe Burrow or other guys who are really high picks. I think that those guys who may be opting out are fringe like top 15 picks or whatever. Like I know Jalen Smith, he, he got hurt and he fell, but he also just got like a $60 million contract because he was just good enough. And I know it's kind of like one of those things where some players may never get back to where they were, but it's also kind of the nature of football and it's just the way that things go. And they could, it could happen in the first week of football or it can happen in a college football playoffs. Let's not act like they're just the four loss ACC team that made it into the playoffs is going to be busting kneecaps when they walk in or they're going to be playing any dirtier. I mean, a game football is a game of inches, and you know anything can really ha- any given play, any given Sunday is what the motto is for the NFL, right? It can happen again for the NCAA. And another thing to Lucas's point that he made way earlier on: three point eight percent of players make it to the NFL as far as college football players goes, which means that there's about ninety-seven percent of players who just have a really good college football experience and need to have an opportunity to play for the college football playoffs. Some guys get a ring. Some guys get to go on and like tell their kids they played for, you know, Florida State and they they made the playoffs and they were like in a, a some sort of notable role for college football. It's not always about the the top guys, and I think Davos. Well, it is. No, a, it is always about the top guys. But it's not. We, it's we, not about with the all top due guys. respect, we only talk about the three point eight percent that are going to the NFL. <laughs> we don't like when. When was the last time you talked about a guy that wasn't going to the NFL? Yeah, but there's on not. This podcast, but there's not twenty two of them on one team. I mean, it, there's. All right, I'm not, and I'm not saying that, but it is still impactful if Christian McCaffrey right sits out the Rose Bowl and like that's a playoff game or whatever it was back in 2017. <laughs> Right, Jared, that's you're impactful. saying that you're doing a slippery slope argument. Like, when has anybody ever opted out of a playoff game at this point? Well, they haven't had a chance to because when you're in, when you're two they games away, a... when you're two games away, that's much different than when you're the 12 seed. Three games Bama. away, I don't think Four it's games. that much of a difference. Do, does anybody? Did anybody legitimately think Alabama was going to lose Notre Dame this year? No, no. So, so why did any of Notre Dame's players play? Well, they they believed. Come on, that's that's a lot different. Yeah, that's, you're using a slippery slope argument now too. Though. I believe they can beat Bama. What kind of attitude is it if you're going into the game and you're like, you know what, we're just gonna lose. We're all gonna quit. That that doesn't happen. I don't know, but we've seen. I, I'm just saying we've seen that happen though in game. In, Where? In non- Tell me. The, the Rose. I'm telling you, Christian McCaffrey. The Rose Bowl matter. It's a bowl game. The bowl games have no inherent meaning. You're not competing. For Why a don't they? Because you're not competing. You get a pack to You're not competing to be the best. Like you're yeah, like yeah, that's you're what just... everyone's you know, that's the bragging rights that people care about. The only thing that matter the only thing that difference is the Rose Bowl and the Meineke Car Care Bowl is like forty years of history. Like inherently they're no different. But What's inherently playing... different from a national championship then if you're gonna use that argument? Because than a you, Rose Bowl. you're proving yourself as the best team in the sport. I don't really know whether you're the best team in the sport if you win the Rose Bowl because you're not necessarily competing against other people to see that. I also don't know if you're the best team in the sport if you just win like the the Holiday Bowl or the whatever the Craft Fight Hunger Bowl. Like again, these don't progress you forward to showing that you're the best team in the sport. Any playoff game will. If Pitt makes the playoff at eight and four, and they play Bama in the first round, they're the 12th. You don't think they want to go in and show that you know what? Maybe we're good. Maybe we can show that we're the best team. Right, well, so did Notre Dame. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And none of them opted out. So I don't think any of the guys from Pitt, if they're 8-4, and make the playoff opt out. There's going to be an opt out for Pitt. 
They're not Why? beating Bama. They're not you beating no Bama. Who I think is going to be good enough that they can afford <laughs> yeah. to opt out? If they're eight and four, yeah, then there's somebody four. good enough. But, I mean, but, 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 but the bowl games aren't real. They're sponsored bowl oh, games. Oh they're just the Tostino Bowl, bro. I mean, how is that? How, who cares about any of that stuff? They're sponsored. They're there for the college football to make money. The college football playoffs and the championship is real, and they want to compete for that. That's also there to make money. Yeah, Jared, out. if a team starts the season real, two and real... four, why should anybody play for the rest of the Say year again? under that logic? If a team starts the year two and four or something like that, why should anybody play at that point? Well, see, we, like that's if... that's what I'm saying. We saw players opt out. Nick Bosa. But we did it. That, Nobody that opts out like six games into the season. That Hold on. That did, no, that 100% happened. No, that doesn't. What player. happens if people opt out for the entire season or they opt out for the bowl game? Last year was a pandemic year too, so it was. His own words used against him. Okay, yeah, but Nick Bosa went down with a groin injury early in the season, and then he just decided not to come back. It's not like Nick Bosa; they were on a two-loss team, and then they decided not to come back. They're two different scenarios, Jay. Right. Well, but what? What was the but the scenario in Ohio State was a was a national contender at that point were they not? Isn't that is that? What but he went down because of an injury. I mean, you're what, and he could have came you, back. You, and he could have came back about? and he decided not to. Right. So what was he prioritizing there? Was he was he wanting the chance to win a national chat title there? No, he didn't. And he had less games to do it. No, but he. So there are players had he not been injured. Like there's there's right exactly. Like, I mean, if, he didn't oh. opt out. He got injured and is like, I'm going to take a while to recover from this. That's a very different scenario. If he remained healthy for the whole year, you, if he remained healthy for the whole year, he probably would have played for a national championship. Right, but if there's a player, if there, if there's a player that's injured, coming back from an injury at the end of the year, do you think do you think they're not going to take that opportunity to say maybe I should just consider the NFL at this point? It, it depends. Well, they definitely the wouldn't play and... a bowl game, right? I mean, right. that happens all the time. But I feel yeah. like they'd be more likely to play if they're in the playoff to return for that. But there are definitely <laughs> be cases where they don't return for either. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like we're but, comparing apples to oranges yeah. right now because there are certain situations that can can have a reasonable opt-out if it's an injury or something like that. Last year was a COVID year, and we had plenty of players not come back because of an inconsistency in schedule or for personal health reasons. But whether or not players will opt out in a college football playoff is not going to happen. I'll be wearing a hat that says I told you so when we start seeing that. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> uh, I mean, I, I would not. I hat. will not be shocked. I will not be shocked if in the first season we see it. We see players opting out. I, I will book not it. be shocked. Book an opt book out. It. Okay, I'll I'll book that one player opts it? out. What age grade right now is going to opt out? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever the expansion is. Tobias Merriweather. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 we love him. We love yeah, exactly. him. Yeah, exactly. We stand by him. How dare it's you? It's okay. The Notre Dame won't make the playoffs anyway. That's that's a bold claim. That's a very bold yeah. claim. Oh, I told Jared today we were texting about this. This isn't really relevant to the context, but we're still on college football. So I'm going to book Notre Dame wins the national championship by 2026. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. We have number two recruiting class in the whole country. Like Bart said on the show last week, what happens if you take out the defensive recruits? I don't care. It's still the number two overall one, so it's impressive enough to me. Gonna, gonna win the title with 10 points averaged offensively per game. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say, I really feel like we rat hold on the opt-out thing a lot. And my, like my main thought about that is who cares? Like, I just want to say, if, if you're, are you are you telling me that you wouldn't watch like a playoff game if like X star player from X like loaded team sat out? Like if 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 Bama wins the game anyway, well they were expected to, and if they lose, then like I'm happy for Pitt for upsetting a team where players were dumb enough to sit out and cost their team the game. I think either way it adds intrigue to the playoffs, and I would be fine. With no, it doesn't. Even, it doesn't add intrigue when the best players aren't playing. I but, it happen, but it happens in every league ever. It's not going to be a but, deal breaker for whether I watch the game and get excited by the result. And Jared, right? Also, but it is yeah. it is going to diminish. Jared, the were excitement. you not excited when Notre Dame beat Clemson this past year, even though Trevor Lawrence was hurt? Well, yeah. it would have been a bigger. It would have been a bigger game. No, no, no. Were you not excited? I'm not saying it's not exciting. I'm saying it diminishes the excitement. To where it's not exciting anymore, or it's still exciting, Jared. I mean, that's, I don't know. it sounds like it's still exciting. At this point. And How I, many utils are this going to give you, Jared? <laughs> the NBA, the NBA playoffs had plenty of players go down, and it was one of the most exciting NBA playoffs in the last couple of years. 
to some it happens. people. Some people <laughs> thought it was boring. No, I'm serious though. Yeah. No, a I, lot of yeah. people were trashing on the playoffs for uh, yeah. stars being out. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Okay, last word on player opt outs. Sorry, <laughs> like, won't there be such a stigma around players opting out for the college football playoff instead of for a bowl game? I feel like when someone opts out for a bowl game, you're just like, eh, whatever. Um, but like, I feel like fan bases will like really feel turned on if guys opt out of a playoff game. They'll feel turned. Yeah, turned on. <laughs> yeah, turned, they'll feel turned on. <laughs> oh my god! We'll be able to contain themselves. <laughs> No, I'm with you. Like, is that enough of a red flag for NFL coaches that they would actually knock players? Exactly. Yeah, it's like, gonna be one of those. They things turned on their guys. Leak yeah, exactly. Like turned on. Yeah. <laughs> they, turned, they turned on their guys. Anyway, title yeah, of this yeah. episode: Turned on. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, we are finally done with college football. Um, unless anyone else have anything to say on on opt outs? You know what? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna move on to uh, another favorite of Jared's favorite topics, uh, Minshew Mania. Let's go. And is it possibly traveling to Indianapolis? Um, Warren Sharp tweeted, uh, tweeted out uh, last week that he thought Gardner Minshew would win more games than a healthy Carson Wentz. Um, wow. A few other articles pointed out uh, pointed to Minshew potentially being a trade option for the Colts now that um, Wentz is very predictably out for five to twelve weeks. Um, Jared. <laughs> Does Minshew to the Colts make sense? Uh, it makes some sense. I don't think it makes perfect sense, but let me be clear. I want this to happen. Uh, for Well, here's the thing, though. On the Colts side, for Wentz, the last thing he needs is for a backup to play well in his spot again. That's literally the last thing he needs for his psyche. I've said it before, though. Gardner Minshew had a better rookie season than Kyler Murray, if you look at it in a certain way. More touchdowns, fewer interceptions, more wins rookie season. He wasn't as efficient, that's definitely for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, he just joined a team that was devoid of talent. If Minshew had De- DeAndre Hopkins, I think it'd be a different story. Anyway, he actually improved on his completion percentage, and according to P- PFF, was a top 10 uh, quarterback in accuracy last year, which is cr- kind of crazy. The Colts don't really need an uber-athletic guy either, like a mobile quarterback, because they already have one of the best lines in the country. You know, they did pretty good with Phillip Rivers last year, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Gardner Minshew would be a solid, like, Ryan Tannehill or, like, Kirk Cousins type quarterback. Um, <laughs> oh, one one thing, too, I saw an article that was calling Minshew a veteran quarterback, which is pretty funny because he's only been the year, been in the league for three years. Uh, but the other good thing about Minshew is he's really cheap. He's still on his rookie deal. So I think the problem why I don't think it makes perfect sense is that Minshew, uh, other articles point this out, is that Gardner Minshew, like, has a following and, like, He's kind of a personality, and I don't think you want to bring in, like, a strong persona or, like, somebody that has a persona with Wentz's, like, kind of unstable, like, <laughs> fragile mindset. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't think it's the perfect fit for them, but I want this to happen for sure. I want to see Mitch <laughs> get a shot with, like, a, a legit team. So, Yeah, but <clears throat> as far as the following is concerned, Jacksonville just kind of seems like a weird place to have a following like it's it's weird enough to where he kind of fits in to have a following because i mean tim tebow is like one of the highest selling jerseys right now where they just love these personalities but but they loved him in washington state too yeah but i mean it it travels mm -hmm. it travels he's a funny character but we're not really talking like people are clamoring for gardner Minshew to actually beat trevor lawrence right now I know people right, but like, if oh, he did do, if he did start doing well though, then people the Minshew mania stuff would start happening, and then like I don't yeah, think that's but it's about, it's about the same level as Lynn Sanity was, you know, a couple years ago, where it's it's like it'll die eventually, and if Carson Wentz actually is playing well, then that's fine. But I mean, the difference is whether or not Carson Wentz would play well when he came when he comes back. I think it's a, it's a move that makes a lot of sense. Like you said, he mean he's really cheap. I think that he is going to add a little uh, electricity to it, and he'll keep them afloat. I don't think that he's going to necessarily you know, win the division by the time and hand it over to Carson Wentz. And that's where I think that it gives Carson Wentz an advantage because the difference is between Minshew and Nick Foles is that Nick Foles won a Super Bowl and at worst Minshew would win seven games. So it would it wouldn't exactly, you know, be the same thing if if it were to happen. Plus the Colts have a good defense and run game. Uh one thing, Jared, that is, you're like implying that I'm not sure I agree with is that they need to care so strongly about protecting Carson Wentz's feelings. 
Like, because I mean, what did they trade for him really? They got, they gave away a, a third rounder and then a, a second rounder the next year, right? Something like that. A second that can uh, turn into a first. So, but it like, will not turn into a first. Not yeah, because he, he's not going to play. He's not going to yeah. play nearly enough percentage. But like, I mean, if your option is to get like a eh quarterback to kind of replace Wentz while he's gone, or you could maybe get Minshew, who's maybe going to be just as good, and like you just let Wentz's confidence crumble. Like, is that the end of the world? Well, it it is. I don't know how this is working out, but it is if you're paying them if you're paying the thirty million. I'm assuming they are since they didn't really give up yeah. anything. But it's that's like just for this year, though, right? They can cut him next year. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. without repercussions. So like that's a sunk cost, kind of whether he plays yeah. or not. And so if they just give up on him, um, say like if he's out for twelve weeks, I mean, if that happens, like, is there any yeah. reason for the Colts to like give this a like think of this as their future? I don't really think so. Yeah, think of Wentz as their future? You don't. Yeah. Okay. Like if I mean, like, because they'd be paying him a ton of money next year, um, like to like I feel like this year was supposed to be like kind of a tryout to some degree. Um, but if he, you know, whether it's it's not his fault that he got injured, uh, but it does kind of fit into his mo and just the fact that he's he's not healthy, um, and they don't even they're not even get a chance to, you know, maybe even see him, um, when he is healthy. So. Yeah, I mean, also, to miss out on the yeah. playoffs for just, like, yeah. not trading for a better quarterback would be kind of a shame. Sorry. Yeah. No, because they're, yeah, their backups are just not good. I mean, uh, it's like... I mean, they're hold, from, like, Jacob Eason. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's hold not, on, like, an on. abundant of riches. I <laughs> picked Jacob Eason to be my sleeper, like, good quarterback. I do remember that. Yeah, we all remember that. <laughs> I think yeah. you're wrong, Wyatt. <laughs> no, no, no. I really do. I'm right. Nobody can ever tell me I'm wrong about anything ever again. Oh my gosh! A broke <laughs> my... clock is right two times a two times a day. Why? Come on now. Uh huh. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> <laughs> but my but my head will be too big to really comprehend that. So I would just I would just keep pushing forward as the a guy who gets things right. You know. Oh my god! And I, you know, I do not. <laughs> Did you watch Jacob Isan when he was at UW? He was really inconsistent. He's a gunslinger. He's a gunslinger. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of him. Yeah. As a Gordon like Minshew, as a player. gunslinger too. Oh yeah, he's a kind of worked out. He's a Wild West player. gunslinger. <laughs> Those Washington Washington boys. Yeah. yeah. But I I agree with Bart. Like you can't just not trade for for a guy who's gonna get them. I mean whether whether whoever they get to be their backup <clears> unless he. What if Jacob Eason is really good? Then what? What if? Uh, you know, Philip Rivers decides to come back for a couple weeks, and he, they do really well. Then what? Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, exactly. But Brett Hundley. What if, what if, He's on the roster. What if whoever, they, whoever they get plays well. Andrew Luck is more likely. What's the problem? Like, well, yeah, it's a it's a good problem to have. I mean, it is a good problem to have. But like, what is the is the hope that we get a guy that will will stink so bad that Carson Wentz will feel so confident to come back? Or are they gonna get a guy who wins football games and Carson Wentz? They expect Carson Wentz to do better. I mean, like that's that's just the way it goes. They're, Carson Wentz is a starting quarterback in the NFL. He should be able to be like, okay, like I'm ready to go and play and play actual football. They can't just suck because they because it would hurt his feelings that they were actually good at something when he wasn't there. I mean. Like if I'm not saying, but I, I wasn't saying that like they should get somebody that's not gonna play well. I'm just saying that. Somebody that's gonna have a strong persona might not be the best pick. Disagreed. I I mean, look, <laughs> if if I wasn't on a podcast episode and you guys happened to get like Urban Meyer on and it was our highest podcast ever, so like I would never come back to the show again. I mean, like <laughs> I, I would still be here the night that we Carson Wentz won it though. We would be worried about Carson. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I understand the concern. I just I as far as the Colts, they. Like Bart said, they cannot be worried about Carson Wentz. He's they yeah. they're doing everything to make him comfortable. Now they have to do everything to win. Yeah, what's the Colts ceiling with with Gardner or with some like solid replacement quarterback? Probably like I mean they they'll win the South, they'll win the division probably, and then get bounced in the first round. Yeah, I said like wait, borderline playoffs, like first round. They'll, wait, the, Jared, they'll win the division yeah. with Minshew. Yes, over the Titans, easily. Okay. Easily. I think it's a bold take. Okay, I'm booking this right now. I'm booking this right now. The Colts will win the AFC South. With Minshew or with anybody? Uh, with with hopefully with Minshew, but with anybody. Okay, no, actually, I'll say if if they get, I'll say if they get Gardner Minshew, 
Okay. They will win the AFC Soon South. To VC. And I'll tell you what. How about, I, how about I, this? I, I'll I, double I, down I, on it. If, if Jacob Eason starts, they will not win their division. Okay. Well, I would book it that Jason, Jacob Eason is a good, is a good quarterback. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> how are we going to measure that? That hard to defy. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just throwing it out there. I will book it that I like him. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think quick enough of the, you know, on, on what I wanted to book. But I'll book it this, that if if – I'll, I'll go against you, Jade, and this isn't an if. They have not done anything. If Gardner Minshew ends up on the Colts, I would book it that they don't win their division. Wow. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. Brother Beef. Yeah. Someone's wearing the I'm right hat, so look forward to yeah, that. Yeah, he gets some <laughs> anyway. Oh, my gosh. Okay, last, last word on this. Um, if it's not Minshew, who else should the Colts go for? There's the ultimate, like... <laughs> Don't say it. Don't say, say it. it. Say it. <laughs> Them trading for Nick Foles. Oh. Did you know that would destroy Carson Wentz's offense? When he was like, Nick Foles was like, come get me. I mean, like... No, he didn't say that. No, he, but he was He said like, he knows me or something like that. Yeah, right? Frank, it, was, it was along the lines of, hey, oh come God. get me. You know? <laughs> and no, they, they could not trade for Nick Foles. That's, that's Carson Wentz's... Worst nightmare. Wentz would retire. I mean, honestly, <laughs> yeah. it's over. It's done. I love this scenario too, where maybe the Colts win the Super Bowl with Nick <laughs> as our quarterback. Uh, you know what? I'll book. I'll book that if Nick Foles gets traded to the Colts as a starting quarterback, they'll win the Super Bowl. Oh my gosh, this is getting ridiculous. Book anything. I'll book if Andrew Luck comes out of retirement, <laughs> they'll win the Super Bowl too. So. Oh my gosh. I will say that Jared. Do you know that Quentin Nelson is hurt? Does that infect your booking at all? He got oh. the same foot injury that Carson Wentz got in solidarity. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. He hit himself with a hammer. Wait, what? No, I'm kidding. Okay, <laughs> I was like, did he? Is there like a sledgehammer? Maybe he was doing some crazy work. I don't know. Because <laughs> why, why it's an in solidarity? So, yeah, he did. <laughs> but he, he, did really, he really did get the same foot injury, and that definitely hurts the Colts' chances of, of, of actually. That does. Running. Is he out for the year then, or 12 weeks? Indefinitely. Well, five to 12 weeks. Five to 12 oh. range, yeah. yeah. That's a weird range. That's a weird range. Yeah, I know. It's so large. Big gap. It's like, why can't, why can't we? Yeah, He's out for <laughs> six hours or three years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, somewhere. You know, yeah. Um, <laughs> he'll come back all right yeah uh, okay on to our our last topic for the day uh, we've had a busy week with the nba the free agent frenzy has begun um wyatt what teams have it have impressed you so far during the early days of free agency well i'll tell you what it's not the teams that you think have have been impressive just because the oh. lakers and the heat maybe made the most moves doesn't exactly mean that they won agency and they definitely did not get the Wyatt seal of approval uh, the oh. Bulls right now are actually my favorite team uh, who made some moves I was already a big fan of Zach Levine and they added Lonzo Ball who it's not like I'm like a huge Lonzo Ball fan but they created a really athletic backcourt Lonzo Ball is a big is a good playmaker he's really dialed in his shot from three so I think he's like a 35 to 40 percent three-point shooter he's a really good three-point shooter and it allows that Zach Levine kind of to more lean into his scoring prowess, his bag, if you will, uh, and let Lonzo Ball just become the playmaker. They also added DeMar DeRozan, who is a really good veteran, uh, great mid-range shooter, and mid-range has been kept alive from Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and Kawhi Leonard. And DeMar DeRozan is kind of like the forgotten pillar of mid-range shooting, but it is, re- it is a really good skill to have, and it's nice to have that kind of arsenal. I think that they can score on all levels. They got Vujovic, and uh, it, it backs trading for him last year, Nicole Vujovic, and drafting Kobe White, who I think that they were smart to draft a guy and be like, you're a sixth man, not our starting point guard. So I think that the roster is really starting to shape up. Everything that they did this year really complements everything they did last year. And it's not like the Bulls are going to win a championship or beat the Bucks or the Nets, but I do think that they're going to make the playoffs, and they'll probably be... I'll book it the same way I booked the Suns. They'll probably be a top four seed next year. Wow! Ooh, spicy. That's a that's good a good book. Good I definitely think if they miss the playoffs, it's going to be a catastrophe. It would, I'm with you. It would have Their, to be. Season has been electric. Yeah. And don't don't sleep on Lowry as well, my guy Lowry, who I will always be sad that Timberwolves traded away. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. yeah. The East is going to be good next year. 
The well, the Knicks also have gotten, I feel like, decently better too. I know Kemba's kind of sort of like a hit and miss, but I think Evan Fournier is a good yeah. addition in signing. Like I think that they, Rose at the saw. very least, maintained and maybe got slightly better. We'll see what happens with Kemba. I think that that's a yeah. has high upside, really bad downside. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think we brought up the Lakers. I don't think that they've done well this off season either. Yeah. Uh, as why, like the spacing on that team is going to be horrible. <laughs> Everybody is old. Like Russ, Mello, Trevor Reza, <laughs> Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard. They have like I think right. they have seven players who are thirty six or, or thirty five or older and, at this point. And Lucas, on the to add to that real quick, the average age for all the players is thirty one, and they have three guys who are like twenty three and under. So it's like they, you know, it, it it definitely draws down the average a lot. But they're an old team, for real. Yeah, like Kendrick Nunn's a sneaky good signing, but like I think mm-hmm. the, the team is just going to be old and with no spacing and bad. Not like I don't think they're going to be bad. No, no, I don't think they'll be above the three seed next year. Really, I'll I'll book that. Wow, there's a lot of bookers flying around. The Suns, the Clippers, (laughs) the Jazz. The Clippers aren't going to have Kawhi for a lot of the season. Well, he repaired it partially twice. Uh, He might not play, but um, yeah, I I agree, and we'll talk about the Lakers a little bit more. (laughs) It just doesn't really make like they added old guys in into Dwight Howard, Trevor Reza. They're like good veterans, but Trevor Reza has completely collapsed in some playoff appearances. I know he's a defender, but he hasn't been asked to defend the best guy in a while. Dwight Howard, uh, I mean, if he plays the same role, it'd be really good. Westbrook is obviously a wild card. Carmelo Anthony is going to be a really good player off the bench and a nice shooter, but I mean, it's just going to be about. A lot of like these these old players all come. And this is like the third time the Lakers have revamped their their roster. You know they did it for Anthony Davis, well, they did it last year, and they're doing it this year. And it's not to say that it's impossible, but you know they're talking about Anthony Davis moving to the five, LeBron James to the four, Westbrook going on there. They're gonna have to put the other two spots for the two best shooters, and you can't play Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis together. Um, on the, on the court at the same time next year like they did a couple years ago, which is really good for them. And it just kind of it creates weird rotations for me. If LeBron James is out, kind of what happens? Is it Trevor Ariza and Carmelo Anthony, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook, like, and somebody else? Like, does that exactly instill a lot of confidence for you? I'm not, a, I'm not sold on any of the moves outside of Malik Monk and Kendrick Nunn. I think the Dwight Howard move is especially bad because he was really bad last year for the Sixers when he played alongside Ben Simmons because there was no spacing. And you have the similar sort of issue here in which, like, pretty much whoever he's going to play with, there's no spacing. There's, like, it's just, I think it's, the Dwight Howard move is going to work out really poorly. And I think Melo is also probably going to work out really poorly as well. Like, yeah. I think he's just, I think he's past it at this point. I really well, he's passed like it. it, obviously, but he's passed his prime. But he was pretty nice on on Portland. I thought he was a pretty good piece, actually, especially in uh, in twenty twenty. No, he he definitely was, but I just think like regression to the mean is going to happen for him. Yeah, like yeah. well, but in the Lakers' defense, though, none of their role players did literally nothing. Like, did literally anything in their defeat to the Suns. <laughs> All their role players were terrible, except for Caruso, probably. To be honest, who's so I don't really. Now, who's, yeah, on exactly. who's, who's on the Bulls? Who's on the Bulls? Who's on the Bulls too? But you know, so I don't really. I think the team, the Lakers, go as far as Anthony Davis will take them. When Anthony Davis was a beast, they won the finals, right? So, I'm I'm not writing the Lakers off at all, by any stretch. I think it's going to be about their health again. His and LeBron. It's going to be about their health, and Russell. I think we talked about this last week, right? Russell Westbrook could hopefully take the load off of the the other veterans on that team because he's like a regular season guy. He's going to compete every game. And then when the playoffs come around, they'll be rested. And that's why everybody – I know everybody likes to use the argument that like the Lakers benefited – at least Colin Coward does. The Lakers benefited from the uh, COVID like intermission last year and everything. I think it is about getting into the playoffs healthy and AD being at the top of his game. Uh, I don't know. They'll, anything could happen in the playoffs okay. at that point. I guess we'll just keep talking about the Lakers because we. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Look, I, I honestly, I do not believe that this last segment will ever make it back into the show. This would you? 
Shoulda, coulda, woulda. So I'm going to talk about this last one about the Lakers. What, what the Lakers gave up to get Russell Westbrook was nothing. KCP and Kuzma and, you know, whatever. Who cares? Like, it's it's not, it's not, it, obviously they, they got more in return. But it feels like a, a situation, and I talked about it last week, where when the Warriors traded Kevin Durant to the Nets for D'Angelo Russell, they kind of strapped themselves to these big contracts. So now D'Angelo Russell was on the max. They couldn't really do much. And then they had to trade him away, and they got Andrew Wiggins, and they had to cut Iguodala for that. And now they're stuck with Andrew Wiggins and James Wiseman, and they don't really have like the moves to make to um, you know, add a bunch of quality pieces on there. I think the Lakers probably should have just gone for Kyle Lowry, and you know, just acquired Kyle Lowry. I know Demar Derozan probably would have came with Kyle Lowry to the way they could have played together, and I think they would have still had the pieces to trade for Buddy Hield, and then they would have had Kyle Lowry, Demar Derozan, Buddy Hield, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and then add a bunch of these other players. All of those guys, yeah. How? Yeah, I don't know. How. Well, I mean, free, Who would they have free. left? They could, they could, they could <laughs> pay them whatever amazing, they want but... to. <laughs> but I mean, no, they, I could, a... they could have. But they could have acquired. I think they could have gotten more quality players, and rather being so top heavy and filling yeah, in a bunch of I, these I other guys. That. Like, yeah. I mean, like whether like Trevor Reza. Sorry, to <laughs> know what a dog in Trevor Reza. <laughs> I don't. He's really hit and miss for me. Dwight Howard, like like I said, is going to be really hit and miss for me. You know, and I just think that they could have gotten more than what they did when they when they were trading for somebody. Russell Westbrook is a big name, but it just it doesn't make nearly as much sense. Mm. Makes you wonder if LeGM is pulling the strings and screwing them over a little bit. Mm. It's like friendships or whatever. Okay, but hold on. You've given me an in, Wyatt, and I want to take it. Speaking of Kyle Lowry, <laughs> I wanted to ask you why you weren't a fan of the Heat, because I feel like Kyle Lowry plus PJ Tucker mm-hmm. to the Heat their starting lineup now, like mm-hmm. I could see them being title contenders again this year. They're like all of a sudden quite good again, I thought. But you weren't a fan of that offseason. Um, you know, personally, it's not that I don't think that PJ Tucker and Kyle Lowry are good moves because I, I think that they are. I'm just a little disappointed. I think that they, as a team who went from the finals to being swept, probably should have like taken a good look in the mirror and been like, what? Who are we? Do Are we just a PJ Tucker and a Kyle Lowry away? Do we need more dog than Bam out of Bayou and. <laughs> Jimmy Butler, you know, like uh, who, who do they want to be? And I think that they just could have gone and traded before the draft Tyler hero and a handful of other people to kind of like go and get a better player. Really? I mean, I think that they should have got Westbrook to be honest. I think that they, they would have been a little bit more electric, but I mean, it's, it just wasn't enough for me to be really impressed it's not that they were bad moves, but I just wasn't like wowed or and quite frankly, I was just disappointed that they didn't trade away some of these young players to actually buy to buy in on the championship. Because they signed they signed back Dragic, right? No, they signed back somebody, I forgot, for ninety million and then they gave Jimmy Butler a contract. Oh, Duncan. Duncan, yeah, sorry. Nine, for nine like they're years. they're bringing back pieces. I don't know, it just doesn't it just kind of feels a little eh to me. Yeah. Same with a lot of other teams in the league. Should we move into some teams that I think that are a little disappointing as well? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to mention the Pelicans are just a little disappointing. I love the signing of Devontae Graham. I really, I, th- I think he's a really cool player. He shoots the ball very well. Um, you know, he's young, so they can kind of keep around for a while. But again, it just doesn't feel like it was enough. They could have. Sign and traded Lonzo Ball. If he's a restricted free agent, I think they just kind of let him go. Brandon Ingram probably they probably could just trade him for something. I mean, like they they have what they need in Zion and saying like this is our guy, and they have to kind of do more to build pieces around him. And I just I don't know. It just it just feels a little weird to me to to not do that. I thought that the Warriors were also kind of along that same level of just not actually doing much. They signed Otto Porter Jr. But at the same time, it's like they could have traded James Wiseman, Andrew Wiggins, the seventh and the fourteenth for Ben Simmons, and I think that that would have been a better deal. That was a real deal on the table. Like they, I think that that would have been a lot better than keeping Wiggins and Wiseman. And I heard this today. Uh, credit to Nick Wright, fan of the show, I, I bet. Um, they're doing both. The Warriors. They're signing Steph Curry to a long-term contract, so that way they get to keep. 
the now, and they're also building for the future. And it always, and it just puts you right in the middle where you're not actually doing anything at all. Where it's like, are they rebuilding or are they winning a championship? Because those things, those things never really go hand in hand. And it just, it, it feels like a weird move to me to not get rid of Wiseman after like all of these moves, like all of the talk of getting rid of him and whatnot. It just, it, it didn't exactly turn me on as Aiden would say. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't see the Warriors yeah. competing for a title. They're your team, Jay. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I'll have to see what Clay looks like. I have no idea. <laughs> Last on the list is the Mavericks. Yeah, that, that that's disappointing that they didn't do anything. Yeah. And the Blazers. Yeah, the Blazers got Norman Powell, which I said yeah, they should have done a couple cool. weeks ago, but they didn't trade for Cat, so come on. Yeah. <laughs> not yet. Not yeah, yet. not yet. It's exactly yeah. plenty of time. At this point, it's too late, I think, for these teams to make moves. The Mavs and Portland and the Warriors, it's too late. After the draft, there's, you know, you can't really do something with picks that have already been spent. Yeah. I'll throw the Celtics out there, too. I feel like the East got a yeah. lot better around them, and they didn't really do anything. Enos Cantor's back. That's not enough for you? <laughs> <laughs> it should be, but it's not. Uh, it, better or worse than the Sixers bringing in Andre Drummond as their one signing so far. Mm. But on a vet minimum, which is something. On a vet minimum, which is nice. Yeah. yeah. Silver linings. Silver linings. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I think we're going to wrap up for the show. Remember to be following us on Instagram and on Twitter. We're at You Thought Sport. A lot of great content there, especially over on our Instagram. Uh, lots of interactive posts and stories that, you know, help us make the show better and help spread the word. So if you want to spread the word, follow us there. Listen to us wherever you get your podcasts on SoundCloud on Spotify, or on the Apple Podcast app. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week.